0: I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the Acast Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.
1: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash audioboom
2: Warning. The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing, or unnerving. Please note viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy.
0: Hello and welcome back to I Can Murder" a Podcast. I'm Tom and I'm joined, of course I'm with him, it's Ben.
2: Love how it's gone from my good pal to my pal to now. It's Ben.
0: I can kind of tolerate him still. It's Ben. It's good to see you mate. Um, How's the hangover? The hangover? It was my birthday weekend. Yeah, I mean I didn't actually have a hangover. You sorted everything out for me. What a guy this guy is. You put it on me to do it and then you told me exactly who to invite where to go and then you then you left the whatsapp group because you said a surprise party it wasn't a surprise party <laughs> well, you organized your own surprise birthday party and put it on me some people weren't there which was a surprise <laughs>
2: speaking of caring and uh speaking of saying thank yous, thank you tom for sorting my birthday weekend out it was a great day Yian did a few Yian welsh that'll be a running theme um i don't think he wants to be associated with this case whatsoever (laughs) whether he likes it or not he has some sort of attachment to this case um not physically
0: uh that wouldn't or mentally no no but spiritually maybe not spiritually (laughs) emotionally (laughs) i just want to say our friend has nothing to do with this case he won't be going to your surprise birthday next year after all that. Um, so speaking
2: of uh, massive thank yous, a massive thank you to literally everybody tuning in right now, whether it's visually or auditorially. that's not a word, Auditorially,
0: auditory, audi- Who's the- joining via The Ears? The Ears. The Ears. So when we started, we always thought about the visual aspect of this rather than the audio, but we've been overwhelmed by the downloads. We've just hit 1,000 downloads, which in the first month is... Is amazing
2: yeah and i think to uh, pull back the magician's uh, curtain or to look up the wizard's
0: sleeve look up the wizard's sleeve can you might how can you make everything sound creepy and crude people
2: are interested so for some um some context we approached this project by filming the first three episodes kind of in a batch and um we weren't able to it was about a month before we actually released them that we were able to then obviously get the feedback that you guys have been giving we didn't know that there'd be as many people joining us um via audio um so to those guys a massive massive thank you we appreciate i don't know why i'm looking straight into the camera while i'm speaking to them but we've had feedback from all over the world we've had uh, we've hit a thousand YouTube. Subscribers, which is insane. Yeah, we're nearly at two
0: thousand, which is amazing. Yeah,
2: a um, thousand uh, followers on our Instagram. Um, so Tom puts together some really, really cool uh, images. <laughs> it's just uh, what I do. It's, it's what he does. Um, what about Twitter? We,
0: we, we do, we're not doing. We're not so strong. Who looks after Twitter? I look after all of them. <clears throat> do you look after Twitter? well we're gonna make more effort on twitter but we
2: wanted to say a massive thank you anyway for for us to get this kind of feedback um four weeks in and we only got to start getting the feedback you know when the first episode came out so we'd been waiting a while
0: it had been it had been filmed well i think we is this we had little targets we mentioned when we first started and we've far exceeded anything we kind of thought would be Possible by this point, so we really appreciate the support. Any recommendations people have said, and kind of people getting involved with the kind of little in jokes we've got is, is that's really fun to see. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's a lot of ocean life going on, and we appreciate uh, people spotting that, clocking that. Um, we've also obviously got a few little hidden Easter eggs, which some people have got. If not, pop back and have another look. You might you might see something that surprises you. Um, but uh, no, I think for us, we, we just wanted to say a massive, massive thank you. If you're listening, if you're watching, if
0: you're doing a bit of both um then we really really appreciate that so from going from this cheeriness we're going to move on to the this week's case which is very tough i, I want to say a little warning before we get into it um we're covering ian watkins um from the Profits. prophets he's not a murderer but we said from the very beginning we're going to cover different cases it's not always going to cover a serial killer or a murderer and ian watkins um yes yeah, so people who are this is going to get very um, dark, this this case, and um, might be a bit upsetting for some people listening.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, in, in researching the case, I think this has been the most upsetting and, and kind of disgusting preparations we've done. So um, yeah, I, I think it's fair to give a bit of a warning in advance. Um, it's quite graphic. We're going to choose to kind of tread a bit of a fine line yeah. in, in some of the graphic uh, information that yeah is. we're
0: not going to go really in depth on exactly what happened in the, in the situations if you want to get that kind of stuff it's all written down in the, in the transcript from the um, from the court which I wouldn't recommend you read no. the reason we chose this case was um, uh, me and Ben as I mentioned, before, well, we've mentioned before we used to be in bands together right about this kind of time Lost Profits were very much at their, their prime and we also felt like this case hadn't really been we hadn't seen much online that had covered it
2: yeah yeah, I think um, yes. Yeah, so in the build up, obviously, we look into you know whatever whatever um, documentaries, podcasts, uh, articles, blogs, uh, and with Watkins, it's. it's- there's, there's journals journals yeah we uncover a few journals in our in our prep um but uh with watkins apart from the bbc website it was uh it was hard to come by anyone that's kind of extensively um looked into the case so that's why partly why we wanted to cover it partly i feel as disgusting and horrible and upsetting as this case is if you don't shine some form of light on it sometimes it's it's easy to forget that things like this have
0: actually happened yeah well, as you as you say like shining a light on it when we were researching this you kind of not forgotten, this has happened. But you you think of someone how how big he was at one time, and he went he literally has done some of the most inhumane yeah things ever. And it's, it, it it feels like not that everyone should be talking about this all the time, but it just feels like something I hadn't really heard or thought about for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a very tricky one to kind of go into. And we yeah,
2: well, I cooked up the the notion that some of the most evil serial killers in the world would turn their nose up at what Watkins did.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, even though he, did, he never t- took a life, um, not from his own hands. I mean, who knows what the repercussions were mm. of these acts um, going forward. Um, but yeah, you're, I think you're completely right. Um, yeah, he's he's crossed a lot of lines, which mm. some sadistic people would never think to cross. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So should we uh, should we jump into it? Yeah, can you set the scene,
2: Ben? Okay. It's mid-2012. A trendset this side of the millennium continues to thrive. Rock, punk and metal bands continue to push, barge and charge their way into the top music charts all over the world. Charts of which, more traditionally, are dominated by more popular varieties the industry has to offer. Linkin Park, Sum 41, Limp Bizkit, Blink 182 and many others continue to vie for their place at the top. With this, more eyes than ever are on your band, Lost Profits, a six-piece alternative rock group from South Wales that have taken the world by storm. Your band are currently celebrating the release of your fifth studio album, Weapons. Years and years of touring the Valley's music circuit, Headlining shows, tours and festivals the world over, as well as relentless days and nights on the road all around the world are culminating to this precise moment as you realize that you've well and truly made your mark in the history books. You wake up, dry mouth, beating heart, a phone full of missed calls, voicemails and text messages. This can't be real. You turn the TV on, jump online, switch the radio on, all as quickly as possible. This can't be real. The headlines blind and burn. None of the information can be absorbed. Lost profits pleaded guilty to a string of sex offenses. This can't be real. Unfathomable. 15 years of your life is now down the drain. Your friend, your family, your leader, a man that once held your children in his hands. Ian Watkins. Everywhere, ingrained, unavoidable, unforgivable. From the
0: stage to the cage. This can't be real. So thanks for that, Ben. I think it really kind of paints the picture of how, you know, how surreal it must have been to be a bandmate and how, you know, all your life's work has just gone down the drain in what, what seems like an instant. Just want to say a quick thanks to Phil Whitten for the animation there, Ian Watkins. He, he's done all our artwork, our animation at the beginning. He's a top artist. Give him a follow on Instagram. Right off the bat,
2: for those of you who are kind of uh, listening or viewing right now and wondering who is... Ian Watkins, because that's that's understandable. Um, he was the lead singer and frontman of a band called Lost Profits during the 2000s and kind of early part of uh, the 2010s. Um, they achieved quite a bit of fame. They technically, well... Did they or didn't they break America? They were they, they in yeah. the process of doing so. They did a lot of
0: the warp tours and things like that. Yeah, headline
2: act in most cases. Um, they, they, they did some pretty big festivals globally. Um, Reading and Leeds, obviously, they were fairly high up on the bill. So they, they, they were almost at their peak when
0: what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I saw them at Reading one year. Mm. yeah there were lots of people watching them yeah so they did reach especially over here though very very big um very much a main stage act yeah 100 percent. got a lot of time on radio one as well which was kind
2: of in the early days of when they started playing a bit more rock and yeah. alternative music um so yeah so he's the lead singer of lost profits just to give you a little bit of uh, of context but uh we will crack on so ian david carslake watkins was born on thirtieth of july nineteen seventy seven. Um I'm going to give this a go. murphy Tidville. Murtha Tidville. Sounds like a murphy Tidville.
0: I was gonna say sounds like a baker in a rolled r book.
2: It's as if I knew you were gonna say that when I did the No, you... no. He later moved to Pontypreed. Um, where he attended Hawthorne High School with future Lost Prophets bandmate Mike Lewis. So whenever whenever I hear the Hawthorne
0: High School, I just think of Hawthorne High?
2: So looking at his childhood, there's nothing really out of the ordinary that, uh, that that strikes you as kind of a warning sign or anything like that. Like a lot of the other cases we've covered, um, he, he was well raised. He, he was he was said to be a happy child, happy uh, happy teenager. Obviously, a uh, happy teenager starts this kind of emo alt rock band. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, he had no clear um, warning signs or, or kind of alarm bells during his childhood or teenage years, um, which makes this all the more um, challenging to deal with when
0: we talk about what then, uh, what then goes on to happen. He was charming. He was charismatic. Um, he was very into his graphic design. he um, on yeah. to get first class honors. Yeah. So he must be very studious. I mean, one thing, the only thing I'll say is it's odd, which isn't odd, but he was straight edge. Uh, which you know is a which so. b- is a big thing in the the scene as well, like people being crossing straight edge, they're yeah, crossing the uh, hand, which basically means you don't take drugs, you don't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, which For as, front man at the time was fairly rare. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, so that was the only thing that would be like slightly like, oh, that was it's more like oh, not like anything that's like, oh, this will lead to this, but. Um, <laughs>
2: So he attends high school, uh, meets Mike, and they go on to form. Uh, well, there's a, there's a few bands that they go through before they actually then assemble the Lost Profits. Um, I can give you a few guesses for the uh, the first band, Tom. Give me a few guesses. I'll give you one guess.
0: Okay. Um, lost property. Hmm. I'm in suspense, Ben. Reveal to me what their band name was called. They were originally called. Stop doing that. that sounds awful, doesn't it? it sounds Don't. horrible for everyone the bum mules the bum mules bum mules no. so there you
2: go there no, you have
0: I, it. I wouldn't see them play
2: So, in Ian's teenage years, he goes through many different bands, many different genres. Um, He's in the Bum Mules, obviously, as we've discussed. He was also in a band called Aftermath, who were a thrash metal band that were formed in 1991 in a shed in Watkins Garden.
0: I mean, we've had some terrible band names in the past. So, I mean, I'm not going to look too down down on him for this stuff. Other stuff he does, obviously, I think he's scum. But this, we've all had bad band names. Yeah, absolutely. Clueless Commotion. There's one that you tried to make us have. We'd never had it, though. Um, Humble. Humble?
2: No, that's not the bad name. (laughs) Clueless commotion
0: is quite humble. It's just forgettable. What's that clueless commotion? No one's ever said that as a phrase. (laughs) Oh, God, what's that noise? What's that that clueless commotion going on out there? What, they're on the main stage? Let's go. I think bum mule are supporting. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So as well as the bum mules, there's also fleshbind and public disturbance. Now, in 1997, lost profits are formed... Um, and Ian launches this with his friend Mike. Um, and they are the first of what is then uh, what then goes on to be known as the South Wales Valleys wave of alternate rock. Um, so there's a lot of big other bands that, that came out of that. Um, Attack Attack, another big one that we were both massive fans of at the time, Kids in Glass Houses. Yeah, great band. S- still are a big fan, actually. The yeah. Blackout. The blackout, yeah. So
0: there was a a, a fairly big scene there at the time. A funeral funeral from a friend, a Welsh, but maybe not from the valleys. eh?
2: So Lost Prophets are then touring extensively throughout the UK, um, and they're gaining quite a bit of attention as they're doing this. It's noted that Ian is quite a charismatic front man. He's also got quite a unique voice, um, described as very melodic, but also at the same time he can hit quite an, an aggressive scream uh screamy
0: tones uh alongside that so during this time in that scene the big publishers the big magazines were Kerrang and metal hammer and they were getting a lot of attention from these magazines lost profits which really kind of cemented them within the scene and really showed that they were one to look out for
2: yeah. And it's then uh, uh, a couple of years after they started, they released the fake sound of progress in 2000, which is absolutely blows up uh, around the world. And uh, they are now kind of, you know, headlining circuit um, festivals. Uh, you know, they're touring extensively. They're in the charts. And uh, this is Watkins' first real taste of success and and almost overnight fame
0: but um, well, he always it seemed to be he gravitated towards being a front man he, he loved the attention of it he loved you know the fans coming up to him talking to him about it and he seemed very pleasant and you know seemed to really enjoy it he was he was sober he said straight edge so he wasn't you know a mess he was able to talk to people and really take it in um, and it seemed to be this he's found his calling he's found what he wants to do
2: yeah because he could also play guitar and drums but obviously found his feet as a front man so they blow up um, they're touring you know not only the UK now they're touring Europe they're touring Asia they're touring america um they release a few more albums and at this point now um they're really established as one of the biggest bands in the uk and certainly uh you know one of the biggest bands to come out of wales um With this, obviously, the 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 air of celebrity uh, you know catches up with Ian. He um, he has a couple of celebrity girlfriends at the time as well, notably uh, Fern Cotton and
0: Alexa Chung. Yeah, Fern Cotton from Smile Fame and Radio One presenter, and Alexa Chung from Channel Four. She presented on Channel Four, and now she's uh, quite into the fashion world. Still presents occasionally, and she's going up. Alex Turner from um, Arctic Monkeys, or she was. Might I'll I'll find out good bit of chung knowledge there from you oh they split up in april so uh there you go so i wasn't too far off
2: so from uh, kind of the year 2000 uh, to the year 2010, Lost Profits uh, and Watkins are on top of the world. You know, that decade for them was massive, um, but there appears to be, you know, quite a lot going on behind the scenes and behind closed doors.
0: So as I mentioned earlier, the only thing that I kind of thought was a bit strange was a rock star, you know, being straight edge. Um, he did get into drugs as he progressed and got a bit more famous. He started on coke and got very really into ecstasy. And then it progressed quite, quite in depth and he got all the way to crystal meth whilst he was in L.A., which, yeah, got—he's not just kind of party drugs, it's gone to the next level. Yeah. And I mean, the theme of drugs is something that will stick with
2: Watkins now, um, you know, uh, as we go through the next few years. It's, it's a repeated
0: theme, unfortunately, and uh, it gets even worse definitely and a lot of his friends actually describe him as being a junkie so it kind of shows it's not just every now and then it's something that he's like waking up and he needs he's got a dependency yeah definitely yeah. it's claimed by friends of
2: watkins that he never showered and that his apartment was an absolute state um and he was
0: always on something so you have to think the journey from a first class honors degree in graphic design straight edge all the way to here being in LA recording rock albums and being absolutely off your face on crystal meth. It's, it's that from that is, is crazy. And sadly it gets a lot, lot worse. So we always find it uh, quite useful
2: to kind of break things down into a bit of a timeline, so you can see the exact details emerge as and when they did. Um, now, as uh, I think this is important to mention, as lost profits are finding you know massive levels of fame and Watkins is touring the globe. Um, you know, going back as far as 2008, uh, allegations had been made regarding Watkins that uh, never came to light. So we're going to break down a bit of a timeline for you guys and uh, and and kind of explain exactly uh the what's where's and when's now uh, we'll also uh, be sure not to go into as much graphic detail as there is you know as tom mentioned it is available online i don't recommend nah. checking it out whatsoever
0: uh, but it is out there so a name that's going to feature a lot in this is joanne majelix she was an ex-soldier she was a big fan of lost prophets and at the time she was a sex worker she had a lot of encounters with ian watkins and um yeah, she's going to feature a lot in this. Uh, so, yeah, just explain that's that's who she is.
2: Yeah, she's a very involved figure, very involved name throughout the whole process. I mean, it spans uh, you know almost ten years, um, and she almost single-handedly um, enables uh, Watkins to eventually be brought to justice.
0: She's quite a po- she's quite a polarizing figure because some people think that. There's something not right about how she behaved, but um, we'll get into that and we we can discuss that.
2: December 29th, 2008, Joanne Magellick's first reports lost Prophets frontman Ian Watkins to Pontyprede Child Services for inappropriate conduct with a child. Watkins had informed her of a number of 14-year-old fans he'd abused and taken the virginity of. He had also been telling Joanne that he wanted to get her pregnant for the sole purpose of abusing their baby.
0: On the 31st of December 2008, so New Year's Eve, Rhonda Children's Services received a handwritten letter of complaint from Miss Magellix, also reporting Watkins for inappropriate conduct with a child.
2: On the 8th of January 2009, meetings are held to discuss the Watkins allegations and a police investigation is launched.
0: On the 28th of March 2009, Ms. Magellix is interviewed by the West Yorkshire Police. No further action is taken.
2: On the 1st of June, 2009, an investigation is officially closed by the South Wales police. No further action is taken.
0: So even now, there's like so many different police forces being informed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, it spans
2: a, a few different regions as well, well in, in two different countries, of course.
1: Yeah. Selling a little, or a lot, <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
2: And it's very quick as well for them to decide no further action to be taken. I mean, some of the some of the uh, reports that we read claimed that it would impact Watkins' career. Yeah. And that he was over in LA, so it's LA's problem.
0: On the 4th of October 2010, the met police were informed by some disturbing comments Ian Watkins made. But no further action was taken. On the 29th of May 2011, Miss Magellix, Joanne,
2: um, sent an email to the ACPO, which is the Association of the Chief of Police officers. So she's going up to, you know, escalating this now to a new level, um, claiming that Watkins had raped a young child. Again, no further action is taken.
0: So during this time, Joanne, she was kind of thinking, because Ian was, you know, dabbling in drugs at this stage, that maybe, because the police weren't listening to her, she was starting to question whether or not oh, maybe it was just coke talk, maybe he was just being weird or trying to be funny, and like, maybe she was starting to question herself, thinking that maybe it's, it's her own kind of problems. And Ian, maybe he is innocent, because surely if he wasn't, the police would actually be doing something about it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, this is three years after her first initial complaint um, about Watkins. Um, so, you know, a lot of time has passed, and obviously they've achieved a new level of fame and uh, broke America. Um, so she's kind of doing a lot of soul-searching herself.
0: But you also think Ian Watkins must be liking playing with fire because, I mean, he knows that she's reported him as well yeah. a bunch of these times, and she, he's still seeing her. They're still um, having sex. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the reports said ex-girlfriend, but she adamantly denies that they, they were not. Well, she would now, definitely. Well, yeah, but she was a sex worker, essentially, and he was, I guess he was just a client. But she yeah. was a big fan of the band, so maybe there is some grey area there.
2: Yeah, I think it kind of links back to the other Ian that we covered, um, Huntley, um, and control is a big, uh, a big thing for Watkins. Obviously, he's had a taste of fame and celebrity for the first time in his sure. life, and it's a huge amount for you know uh, a guy from you know the Welsh valleys that no one else has ever heard of. Yeah, um, and all of a sudden he's got fans that are literally obsessed with him. You yeah, know, posters on the wall, writing to him. But, you know, but there are people that are literally um, he refers to them as mega fans. Yeah. Um, that are develop, developing, and uh, and there's a there's a there's a horde of them. There's so many people obsessed with the guy.
0: On April 3rd, 2012, a video filmed one day after Lost Prophet's album Weapons was released showed Watkins performing a sex act on a baby, which, yeah, is absolutely horrifying. So this was filmed only hours after Watkins appeared on BBC Radio 1. Uh, Again, that was where one of his ex-girlfriends, Fern Cotton, worked. And another video emerged where he was watching a woman abuse a child, and he called them uh, his slave duo.
2: In another, he was filmed taking part in sex acts with a girl, a fan, from Boston, Massachusetts, describing her as my underaged slut. Videos of Watkins having sex with another fan was created as early as October 2008, according to BBC News. So on October 21st, 2012, nearly four years after concerns were first raised around Watkins' predatory behaviour, Watkins is arrested for possession of illegal drugs, and as well as this, his laptop is seized. Watkins is then released on bail and returns to
0: join his band on their UK tour. Yeah, and there's footage of him playing some gigs, you know, after you know all the things, he's still out there, he's still got people in the crowd are looking up to him and worshipping him, and it's just it's all very, very you would have thought there'd be some kind of implication, meaning he can't do those things. you know, he can't be 4 at gigs yeah so it's
2: just but again i guess he's gone back to his bandmates and said all right lads i've just been uh, done for having a bit of
0: weed in my pocket or whatever one of the bandmates said actually he spent the longest time trying to convince us that somebody was trying to get revenge on him because he had lots of women around him he was trying to claim that girls were trying to get revenge because he wasn't with them anymore and they're spreading all these rumors and,
2: so that links nicely to obviously all the
0: accusations and and reports that um Magalics. Well, it's because you don't, you don't, you don't want to believe it. So if you if you were Batman, you're like that makes that makes much more sense than you actually doing these things. I mean, it's a, yeah. you'd have thought that's a very sinister way for uh, someone to try and get revenge on you. But uh, well,
2: I guess yeah, I guess the last thing they had on their minds was what actually. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 you know they've they've had all they've shared all this success. They've been on the road together. You know, you form a bit of a brotherhood with these people, definitely. And the last thing in their minds would have been what was actually going on.
1: and 365-day returns.
0: November 14th, 2012, Lost Prophets conclude their weapons tour with a gig in Newport, which isn't too far from their hometown. And this is the last time Ian Watkins is ever seen on stage with the Lost Prophets.
2: December 19th, 2012, Watkins is arrested and charged with 13 sex offences against children, including the
0: attempted rape of a girl aged one. It just seemed, yeah, this is is the... Case when you read things about it, it, it just you think they can't get any darker, and it just gets darker and darker and darker. So, this is nearly a year later, October 1st, 2013. Lost Profits announced the end of the band according to their facebook statement they were all heartbroken and they let, they had a year to deal with the heartache and come to terms with everything if you, if that's even possible but this was the official announcement that the band were no longer they urged other victims to come forward and say speak to the police you know get as much out there as possible um, they also underlined how much you know they knew nothing about this um this is very much a surprise to them and yeah it just it must have been like with the uh, with the monologue it's it's must have been a, an absolutely crazy time
2: agony yeah i mean that's 15 years of their life that is is gone. That's got to be unbelievable to even comprehend Yet alone process. Um, Lost Profits tour manager, uh, George Davison, uh, released a statement on his own Facebook, uh, although his post is slightly more personal and emotional, but it does take into account the victims and their family members, the other band members, and the fans. Um, he's quoted as saying, "...the fans will move on, taking down their posters, throwing out their LP albums, and looking for the next rock saviour to admire."
0: yeah and i think that's the um underlines our point about the band members i mean they've spent so long uh pursuing this and they you know they're, they're known they're on people's walls and this which they had no control over i know some people might think they must have known something but they they were saying like for like seven months of the year Ian was living back in Wales, and they were in LA, so they didn't actually see him for most of the year. And they just thought, you know, he was into his drugs. He was. Yeah. He was uh, he's
2: well known as a family man. did a, did a lot for his mum. Obviously, she had kidney issues, so I mean, lost profits uh, because of Ian. Actually, did a load of uh, gigs for Kidney Foundation Wales. Yeah, there's lots of pictures of him visiting wards with kids. So, on November 26th, 2013, after initially denying the charges, Watkins changes his plea and pleads guilty. Um, he uh, pleads guilty to attempted rape of two babies of two different fans. Miss Magellix tells the jury that she repeatedly went to the police as well as Watkins' family about his paedophile activities but was not believed until 2012 when he was actually arrested.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's... Geez. Seen, seen lots of interviews with um, Miss Magellex, and she, you know, she was very adamant the whole time, and she was very active. And at one stage, she was even just felt like she couldn't go take it any further. She's taken it to every avenue she possibly could, and she wasn't believed. So you don't really blame her for kind of at some stage just kind of questioning this whole thing, Um, but she kind of had a day in court where she was able to say, yeah. see, this is exactly what I was talking about.
2: Yeah, I mean, she uh, seems highly emotional, but at the same time, you know, is, is, is warranted. Um, but she also just seems kind of uh, bewildered that no one's believing her at this point or had believed her up to this
0: yeah, point. Yeah, because years pain. ago, if she was listened to, then how many lives would have been, you know... Changed. Changed, because we, we don't know the extent of how far this went back, how many fans would I have mean, Obviously, there are thousands and thousands of fans all over the world. And he's very manipulative. um, And, you know, you just think that there's more than likely a lot of people out there which have been affected by this, which we don't know about. Mm
2: -hmm. So, on December 18th, 2013, Watkins is sentenced to 35 years in prison for child sex offences. Further charges included taking and possessing indecent images of children and one charge of possessing an extreme pornographic image involving a sex act on an animal, according to BBC News. There are two co-defendants in this case, uh, one known as person A and one known as person B for legal reasons. Uh, One is aged 21 from Yorkshire and the other 24 from Bedfordshire. These are the mothers of the children that he abused. They also received jail terms of 14 years and 17 years respectively. BBC News would then go on to report that police departments of South Yorkshire, Bedfordshire and South Wales were extensively investigated about the information they allegedly received before Watkins was arrested in December 2012. The British organisation National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children has called Watkins a highly manipulative and devious sex offender. Des Mannion, head of NSPCC for Wales, said Watkins used his status and fame to manipulate people and to abuse
0: their children. Which sounds very similar to the Jimmy Savile yeah. the lines used, you know. Yeah. On January 24th, 2014, Watkins is transferred from HM Prison Park, where he had been incarcerated while on remand, to HM Prison Wakefield, which actually isn't very far away from here. no. (laughs) Ten miles. (laughs) Um, Thanks for reminding me. To begin serving his sentence, in order to be closer to his mother after she had a kidney transplant, he was transferred to HM prison Long Larton on 25th of January 2014. On 9th of October 2017, Watkins was accused of grooming a young mother from prison. As of March 2018, he was back at HMP Wakefield. So
2: Watkins, yes, so he's been through multiple prison uh, systems there and uh, has wound up back in HMP Wakefield, which is kind of notorious for housing... um, Various um, infamous sex offenders throughout the country.
0: Yeah, I mean, because in prisons it's quite widely known that, you know, uh, sex offenders are targeted and obviously, as we mentioned before with Ian Huntley, um, it's going to do your uh, reputation a world of good if you're the one that um, gets them.
2: Yeah, and specifically the information that was released about what Watkins did
0: and uh, what he planned to do. um... Well, I can't imagine that he's walking about freely with other... Inmates, no He's way. going to be very secluded and very on his own.
2: Absolutely, which is a, a world apart from the world he was used to.
0: So not too long ago, March 11th, 2018, Watkins was found with a mobile phone that he'd been hiding in his anus. Watkins pleaded not guilty to this case, claiming that other inmates were forcing him, threatening him and, um, and even trying to extort him. Um, and they forced him to hide the phone. Um, but the courts found him guilty of this and they added another 10 months onto his sentence.
2: I can only hope that this was one of those, uh... What's that show called? Dom Jolly.
0: Oh, it is Trigger Happy TV. Yes,
2: I can only hope that that is the mobile phone I- I- in, that's
0: been referenced. Yeah, no, I'm just getting a skinny cappuccino latte! Yeah, just, even just a classic uh, 80s phone. I yeah, that's yeah. big enough. I mean... Corded or cordless, we don't mind. The butt is actually referred to in prison as the prison pocket. There you go. So, um... Well, Watkins' is, uh, his pocket is being
2: used, let's say. Yes. Okay, uh, so Watkins now arrested, um, you know, now in prison. Um, we're going to now explore the kind of immediate and uh, ongoing aftermath. Okay, so the laptop that we spoke about that was seized when Watkins was arrested for uh, possession of illegal drugs um, was um, found to have been heavily encrypted. And it's alleged that
0: I kids was in block capitals uh the password i mean this shows the complete arrogance of the guy and the fact that he just thought kind of thought this was all a game um and yeah it's just a lots of like layers to his kind of very very dark humor um and Watkins had photos of children 24 of them fall into the most serious level under british law um i said mentioned before i uh, well, Mate of mine who works for the police, and he actually used to have the job role of categorising child child pornography. Um, So he'd get hard drives, have to sit there and literally go through every image, every video, and classify what exactly that falls under. And I, I I quite maybe naively asked him, surely if you have like six top tier that's enough for you to say they're going to get this much time in prison and he said the reason why they have to go for each and every image is because if they can see like a school bag or see anything that could tell you who the girl is and they can find her that that's what they're looking for in these images as well classifying it but also trying to find the victim and trying to get them out of that situation which i, ne- I never yeah of course never
2: thought of it like that um well i mean in watkins case this is even more disgusting then because some of them were yeah. Newborns.
0: Yeah. Um, and the other thing he was saying as well with this is you, he also had to kind of like um, meet with sex offenders and you do the checks, constant checking up on them. And um, he said if Watkins ever does get out, that he'll be very much like strictly observed and have to be like get un- unannounced meetings and people would always be kind of keeping an eye on him. Relocated, um, new identity. I imagine he must have to. Yeah. I mean, from Maxine Carr, who allegedly was proven not to know about the murders and whatnot um that this case you have you'd have to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well
2: Watkins is uh currently 43 years old he was 35 at the time of his arrest uh so he still currently has 27 years to go uh, to include that kind of extra 10 months so, they gave for uh, the uh, the old mobile phone up the arse yeah so
0: 70 years old he'd be when he got out yeah
2: so, um, Do you reckon he's still going to be kind of that vain looking, um, you know, he, always, he looks very menacing in that mugshot, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you always disagree about the visual things, but it's like anyone he has got done for any of these things is going to look like an absolutely creepy bastard. Mm, but he's kind of got
2: a bit of a pout going on, looking straight down at the camera. So again, just on that, Watkins is not eligible for parole until at least 2036. So another 16 years to go before he can even start looking at that. In any case, I guess uh, the amount of danger he would be to himself in public again means that uh, there's no possible exploration of, uh, of early release. Uh, So the judge, uh, Justice John Royce, said that the case plunged into new depths of depravity. A senior investigating officer of the case described Watkins as a committed, organized paedophile and potentially the most dangerous sex offender the UK has ever seen.
1: You
0: have to think about the layers to this. He's approached people who are fans of his band. They obviously worship him, um, but over time, you know, he's managed to get them on side. a lot of these cases, it says he's playing them with drugs, um, the kids with drugs, which is mm. there's some very babies with drugs, yeah. Yeah, um, and he was basically. So you think maybe was he the supplier of these drugs, and they were hooked on it, and he was the only way they were going to get it, and it was the way. It is there's lots of questions here because you can't just assume a parent's going to willingly give over their child. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no form of this ever any way of this being seen as although that makes sense because it doesn't at all um but there there must be layers to it so yes i mean
2: watkins had no previous criminal cautions or convictions any kind of record whatsoever in his life like we said he was well raised well educated um had a good reputation of being a family man and you know a good person um but perhaps being able to the idea of being able to have any woman that you can in the whole world Mm. is something that potentially numbed him after a while and they say that when you get um at a point where there's there's no risk involved or no no kind of apprehension involved uh, that's when you can begin to explore other avenues for excitement
0: well i guess it's kind of like again this is not making any excuses for him is which trying to think into his his psyche here i mean he goes from cocaine to ecstasy to crystal meth so he went very deep and dark there um and then with the with women obviously he had his pick then he went a lot younger 16 and younger and then younger and younger um and then it's, and there's mentions of animal porn and whatnot and it just kind of felt like he just wanted to get the you know push the boundaries push the boundaries um yeah, yeah i mean there's there's literally no excuse for anything
2: the phrase mega lols," Tom, uh, became quite synonymous with the band. Um, this originated when a band member saw the phrase used on a punktastic.com forum and it took off from there. They used it as kind of an in-word, um, you know, uh, on tour. Uh, but Watkins takes this to a new level and actually um, launches a um, kind of branded merchandise and T-shirts that he's, as, you know, as a graphic designer with the background he has, um, so he kind of prints it he actually went as far as to compare himself to Banksy yeah that's absolutely absurd
0: I mean I mean, and <laughs> the come, arrogance of this guy the fact that we've already gone into his past with of things uh, his clothing company was Made in Hell clothing which very apt very very apt indeed um, it's is, yeah he'd be very much believed his own hype um, did Watkins um, and the, yeah the band would play gigs with big signs of megalos behind them on their backdrops um, yeah and things as well, they're quite old at this point. These so mega lols is just mm. weird anyway.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he he's overheard or it's recorded on one of his phone calls the day after he was arrested, uh, talking to a female friend that he was just going to put a statement out to say nobody got hurt, I didn't harm anybody, it was just mega lols. It's yeah. worse than Richard Keyes. <laughs> the, way, the way he delivered it. was it. just banter.
0: It was just mega lols. It was just
2: Lost Profits also had a fan site, megaloles.com, which has since obviously been shut down.
0: Watkins still has a Twitter going on. He has 30,000 followers. His Twitter bio was The Proprietor of Propaganda, The Tsunami of Swagger, The Sultan of Swing, Don't Believe a Thing.
2: He is still followed by Variety Magazine as well as Kerrang Radio. Which I imagine
0: is just, they've just not got... Not clicked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but still, you would have thought get rid of him from my follow list and yeah, some of the comments are st- you know yeah. people are still defending him innocent until proven guilty and it's like well then there's facebook groups and stuff like that people thinking that he's innocent it's just it's just absolutely absurd i mean there's always going to be people who love the band and can't they can't deny they can't say oh my childhood was full of me listening to a song of a monster they they want to believe in him but i mean i couldn't find any big conspiracy ideas no. behind it i mean he's he's, he's it's pretty cut and dry the fact he's admitted he's guilty. Mm-hmm. It's like, what else do you need? Well, it took him a year to change his mind to go, actually, you know what? True. I mean, and as well, to be honest, like, prison is the safest place for him. Because, as we said, people of that, I'm not going to say persuasion, people like him, um, obviously, they're rightfully public enemy number one, and people will, obviously... Tear him apart. Yes, I mean, prisons actually is the safest part for him.
1: Selling a little. Or a lot. <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. plus shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom all lowercase go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash audioboom
2: um, another interesting note is that before his arrest, Watkins had a net worth of an estimated 500,000 US dollars um, built up through royalties. Uh, in one uh, interview I found of uh, from Watkins uh, with Kerrang magazine, he kind of subtly brags that they need to be on tour all the time because they make 5,000 pounds per night. From merchandise alone, and again, he's kind of trying to claim responsibility. He's got the Megalolz
0: brand out there. He's got Made in Hell. That's not like I've. I'm a videographer. I've filmed on tours of bands before, and a band that who are not anywhere near known as Lost Profits were making a thousand pounds a night. Mm-hmm. So it's not.
2: And this is you know a band that we're doing arena tours. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not actually. Sorry, Ian, it's not actually a lot. He's also, uh, he was due to receive in 2015, £150,000 as part of uh, money owed to lost profits for for, um, performances. Uh, But thankfully that money was lost and uh, the touring company that that Watkins actually was a director of, it was called Goonies Touring Company, um, uh, went into liquidation and they actually had to use that money rather than going into Ian's pocket um, to pay off
0: debtors. So the lost profit band members, obviously, they've had time to deal with this and think about it, and yeah, they've they've all, obviously all denied any knowledge. Uh, they've, they've actually gone as far as saying they would have killed Watkins on the spot if they knew about this. And they mentioned the fact that you know it's, he's put fifteen years of their lives down the toilet, um, which yeah, you can't help but uh, sympathise for the band members. I mean, it, the, the bassist actually. In one of the last Warp Tours, he recalls uh, when Watkins was very much on drugs, he didn't turn up for one of the gigs, and they found him, and one of the other members had to do all the vocals, and they went in the bus, Watkins was just, just sitting there, and he beat the living crap out of him. And I think wow. now he looks back on that moment as a fond moment,
1: yeah. Rather, yeah.
0: Than, rather than uh, a, moment of re- a moment of regret. It was, obviously it wasn't anything to do with this, but I'm sure that would be actually, you know. And a lot of them say, like oh, oh, I would want to know why, and they're like, but they know that wouldn't help them. If he answered the questions, it's not going to make them feel better. Um, and so they just want to wash their hands on him.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, they'd all hope that it was a mistake, um, you know, from his arrest in that year until he was convicted. They still kind of... They didn't necessarily back his corner, but they, they distanced slightly, but they still were hoping it was some form of mistake. Well,
0: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like, he's... it's You you, you wouldn't... You can't believe it is true. Yeah. It's not really an option. You can't believe it because, hey, yeah, your world will crash around. And also, you think about all the victims, and you're like... I can't have spent 15 years with this guy I cannot, I can't have grown up with him calling him a friend um, and you question everything like after that you've lost you must lose trust in anyone and anything you, you've yeah so I mean <laughs> well you can't you can't recover from that
2: and uh, bassist Stuart Richardson no, I don't know if this was the guy that smacked him up yeah. on the bus brilliant good old stewart um he said even though i was completely done with him i did still hope it was all a mistake that he was innocent he had to be however the first time we knew the truth we knew that the band was done you cannot go back from that
0: we're talking about the band but obviously his family um, his immediate family his, his younger brother was quoted saying the fact that you know as a kid you know saying oh my brother's seeing watkins um it was always seen as a cool thing It was a way of you know, like showing off and now he says you know i don't tell anyone. Um, I'm very much ashamed to be the brother of Ian Watkins. His mum, which harder position you're always going to, not always going to back your kid, but you can't. She said she said publicly she's not she wouldn't disown him, um, and the stepdad said you'd love to knock him around the uh, the prison and teach him a lesson. But uh, they're both kind of saying you know you can't disown blood, but it's crazy, isn't it? It's it's just a heartbreaking situation I mean it ruined the band it ruined the family it ruined hundreds of people's lives obviously
2: I mean it's, it's crazy what fame will, will do to people I mean um, a very off tangent here but Wings of Redemption my favourite YouTuber ever um, obviously fame just turned him a little bit sour and he became you know a little that bit is,
0: short with people I mean we thought Kenny was a niche reference yeah yeah whatever I hope your family dies in yeah. an automobile wreck yeah Wings of Redemption that's a that's a YouTube rabbit hole which you. I enjoyed it
2: very much. Uh, Compared to this rabbit hole, with you know, researching Watkins and on that, actually, God. In researching this case, there were obviously hundreds of awful, awful um, stories that are read, transcripts that are read. But I found a video of Lost Prophets doing a Christmas video uh, for Pop World. And it's still on YouTube, during which he dresses up as Santa has children sit on his knee and kisses the forehead of a baby
0: it's no. quite um, reminiscent of when you see that video of gary glitter and jimmy savile and and they're sitting in the audience with arms around young girls yeah. it's also the music video that the lost prophets did for town called hypocrisy uh that video also very very disturbing once you know all the uh the truth about ian watkins um Yeah, so they say 90% of Lost Profits' Uh, music catalogue
2: has been destroyed by, obviously, what Watkins did. However, interestingly, I did have a look. They are back now on Spotify. They had been removed for a period of time. You can also buy their music off of iTunes. It's 99p per song. So where that money is going... A bit
0: to the band members and the record label when we're going to Watkins. The thing is, it's like... Uh, this this is an interesting topic because it is like this these band members have worked their arse off for all this mm-hmm. um and it's like it, it's just luck of the draw i guess i mean they they had a band member who was one of the most evil human beings on earth so therefore yeah it's very problematic having his music anywhere the thought of people listening and enjoying it is horrible but then you go back and you think Michael Jackson's music being readily available yeah. obviously that's a, there's two camps there people that believe that he is innocent or not and people who you know Gary Glitter's music being used in the Joker uh, it's it's there's yeah, a, there's that was a, highly controversial at the time yeah uh, it kind of like it's it, there's a lot of I mean, R. Kelly obviously he's been taken off Spotify and whatnot, not um, which then got oh, his own
2: Netflix series
0: well, I mean it's not the I'm sure he in doesn't a way, it. in a roundabout way uh, but then you think if R. Kelly's off there why isn't those Profits off there yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Going back to the Spotify, they still have 105,000 monthly listeners, Yeah, uh, which I find very... Peculiar.
2: Another thing, uh, uh, interestingly of note, um, there were a couple other Ian Watkins at the time of the uh, the arrest and the conviction uh, that got kind of caught and scapegoated in uh, the kind of uh, crosshairs. The crosshairs, yes. Yeah. So um, there were Twitter mobs and Facebook mobs attacking um, Ian H Watkins, uh, more commonly known as H uh, of Steps fame.
0: Yeah, uh, which. I think some people found it quite amusing but the fact that yeah, he he had obviously not enough, enough to do any of this he was just an innocent pop star I think the people that found it
2: funny were more based and I'm not saying I'm one of these people that found it funny but he was just very animated in how much distance he was trying to put from it that it was
0: I mean yeah of, I mean of course but of course you would be yeah. yeah so I think um, yeah he, he was always pleading his innocence and there's another, another mild-mannered Christian who dedicated his life to helping victims of people trafficking which is also getting abused I mean it's, it's quite reminiscent to the John Lewis Twitter, Twitter <laughs> account isn't it really uh, but they I mean I'm sure John Lewis wouldn't like these kind of <laughs> tweets going his way um he wouldn't be able to do as many uh, pithy little replies
2: yeah. um, this poor little christian guy mild-mannered christian is all we know about him but he, he unfortunately had the uh, twitter handle of at ian watkins and if i was probably the first person to go for if i had
0: people talking about me and all they knew was mild-mannered christian i'd be quite quite bored with that
2: yeah So at sentencing, the court heard that following his plea on November 27th, 2013, Watkins telephoned a female friend from Park Prison in Bridgend, and it is reported that he said, I'm going to put a statement out on the 18th just to say it was mega lols. I don't know what everyone is getting so freaked out about. He also claimed the day after admitting he was a paedophile during the court hearing, it was like, either me go up there and say, come on, it wasn't that bad, nobody got hurt do my charm, or do I end up just making things worse for myself, or do I just say I was off my head and can't remember?
0: Yeah, I remember um, what I think was the lawyers, um, his defence lawyers, which you can't think how he could have that job, but they they said something on the lines of he was so... He didn't remember any of this. That was one of the defenses. He filmed these things and the only way he knew he'd done these things was by looking at the visuals. He was so drugged up that he didn't you know he couldn't possibly do these things unless he was drugged up, uh, which he yeah, didn't really wash with jury. Watkins'
2: victims obviously included baby boy, baby girl children, young teenagers. Um, He would often communicate with the mothers of the victims while he was on tour and couldn't physically get to them, which is eerie. Um, But he sent one
0: message to a mother of one of his victims that said, if you belong to me, so does your baby. I mean, Joanne Majelic, she was actually was taken into court because people, you know, she had child porn because she had the porn there because she was trying to get Ian Watkins convicted, and she showed the police about it. But they actually tried to get her on having child porn. Um, she, the reason why she was quite polarizing character was basically because. There's recordings of them having sex. There's recordings of her saying some outrageous things, um, you know, things that he asked her to say, mm-hmm. which obviously involved children. Um, but she, she said all along that she, she was doing this to just prove what the guy he was. Um, and the fact that she went to the police with it obviously shows that she, she, that's what she was doing. Yeah. I mean, she, I think personally, think she's quite the unsung hero here, um, yeah. and she's, she's she, a moral compass, she, definitely. And I mean, it sounds quite. You know, she was still having engagement with sex with him, with him, but she brought him down. Um, and but she says like she still gets hate. She still gets like you know death threats That's and insane. people. They found her like relatives' addresses and they bombard them bombard them with like just hate mail. And it's just like she, yeah, I, she. Single- Without her, I mean, would he have carried on? Would he have been caught? I mean, it's yeah. It took long enough for her with her banging on the door mm-hmm. for, for them to ignore. Yeah, ignore them the whole time but um, yeah so it, it, i just think like yeah she she should not be um forgotten in this because she played a Absolutely. massive part
2: in preparing for, for the episode there's kind of a transcript of text messages that he would send and, and receive from fans mm. and one fan who was uh had newly become a parent and new parent um i guess that's the phrase i'll use new parent had text asking if it was, would be at all possible to, to meet Ian after they played a show in a local town. And he said, only if you bring your baby and only if I can f*** it.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's sending these things so freely and arrogantly and like the fact that he doesn't even think that this is going to come back. It's just absolutely absurd. I mean, one of the things apparently with grooming is like, especially with the younger people, which a lot of them were younger fans who grew up loving him and then were old enough to have kids. Um, you basically send some, you know, just oh, thanks for coming to the show and then you build up, build up, build up. You send something a bit provo- provocative um, and then, you know, you feel like you've built a bit of trust with them because you sent something like that therefore they should send something back and it just builds and builds and builds. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to put yourself in that position and think how that could possibly happen, but it happened to so many people that he obviously just knew how to manipulate and take advantage of vulnerable people as well. They had an extensive
2: touring schedule. They were in the studio a lot in la all the time so whenever watkins couldn't physically get to these parents and i mean that that in itself is a horrible thought he would make the parents skype him and um, abuse the children on the skype session with him and then and finally obviously um you know watkins um as you saw with phil's fantastic animation um you know he's gone from the front man of a of a a, a band that you know taking over the world, and possibly would still be going today. Um, and he's had a gradual decline in his appearance, but he still seems to almost embrace uh, vanity in that mugshot. I can't really take a pop at him because, he, you know, another one, same as Cass, a decent-looking guy. I'd probably say he had slightly ratty features, but I can't really talk because I look like uh, Roddy from Flushed Away. I've never seen it. It's It's kind of a kind compliment at the same time he is a rat
0: so a lot of the audience kind of seen with the other kind of cases we've kind of seemed to have stumbled into a weird pattern of comparing killers to, to ocean life and things like that and uh with Watkins we kind of it's just it, we're not going to force it on him it's like it, it, I mean we don't like any of the, the killers obviously but it just felt like an episode where we, we were not he didn't feel right to to be light about certain aspects of it it just didn't didn't feel appropriate Um, the bloke
2: is a maggot fish food can of worms maggot yes i think Um, think that's right you know let's hope justice is served let's hope he's never let out so that was ian watkins from stage to cage it's got to be i mean we've we've been you know fascinated by true crime for many 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 years and um preparing for this episode was the worst thing i've ever read
0: yeah ever comfortably i mean like you said early on um serial killers would turn the nose up at this behavior um and like you said from the phone calls and transcripts of him being on the phone he he's not he thinks it's not that bad no one got hurt i mean (laughs) not only obviously the physical things that would would, would harm the children he did but also the mental um side effects that these children are going to grow up with these um hanging over them so yeah I mean that's that's the case done I'm glad that's see the back of that yeah we're not gonna have to touch that again
2: there's a different name coming next week obviously with being a new episode different theme different country um, I would say uh, probably the most renowned case that we've covered so far so yep. we're quite excited there uh, this is one of what I would say probably the top 10 biggest names in uh, global serial killer phenomena um, but as always thank you so so much for for sticking with us we appreciate that this was
0: Heavy. It was very, very, very heavy. Um, thanks, thanks for watching. If you want to give us a like, if you enjoyed it, uh, comment, uh, subscribe. Maybe put the, hit the bell for um, alerts when we. Get, when- when we're posting and if you you know if you want more content patreon we're going to be uploading more videos onto there there's extra content with us discussing certain things and if you are listening to audio just a little reminder again if you could subscribe leave a little review it does really help us and we'd really appreciate that if you
2: have instagram guys um please feel free to check us out over at at could murder a pod um we post images and videos you know there's at least one thing every day coming from there not not too much not
0: overwhelming amounts but um, and it's, it's lots of trivia it's, it's things that we find interesting which obviously as fellow true crime enthusiasts we think we're sure you will find interesting too yeah. and our twitter is going to kick up a gear soon um, I've been told so it better do it better do and we love to hear your opinions we love to hear you watching with who like, pictures of you enjoying the content we, we do, really do
1: appreciate that
2: yeah and I know for the audio guys again that it's it's harder to kind of engage it with comments i know you can leave reviews but you can't really leave comments anywhere um so if you want to drop on over at uh uh, the youtube channel drop a comment there we'd we'd love to say hey so thank you very much for listening and watching and we'll be back next week with a new case tell your friends tell your family tell your loved ones if this is a tricky case to share and i appreciate that we've got three other ones four other ones four other ones that you could show them and just say don't watch episode five or watch it and just turn. thank you for watching
0: we'll see you next week
2: bye guys
1: Dip into Raising Cane's when you crave something hot and fresh and oh so delicious. Dip in for cook-to-order chicken fingers, crispy crinkle-cut fries, and garlicky buttered Texas toast. Our secret cane sauce makes every dip a delight. Raising Cane's chicken fingers,
2: one love.
0: I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch, and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.